5: It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bett Rivers.
6: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bed Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bed Rivers Sportsbook here on the Sports Betting Network. Tonight, we're going to be previewing not only the Chicago Bears, but the NFC North entirely to help us do that. Kevin Fishbane, Bears beat writer over at The Athletic, will be hopping on in about 10 minutes. We'll see what his betting preview of the team is with the win total. Maybe how soon Justin Fields get implemented into the mix, previewing the upcoming preseason matchup between the Bears and the Dolphins and much more with Mr. Fishbane in about 10 minutes. Then later on, Point Spread Weekly contributor and hops on a plethora of shows here at V Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter will be joining us as well. To wrap things up, give us some plays on tonight's later baseball slate and some preseason action as well. And not only will Will give us some plays on the diamond. I got one played tonight in baseball. Had a nice sweep last night, 3-0 looking to keep that going. So we'll preview some of those games as well. And in between like we have been doing, we'll keep it up with a betting profile of specific Big Ten teams. And in college football tonight, we will be talking about my alma mater, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. May not be pretty, but we got to do it nevertheless though. uh, We'll be looking forward to previewing Nebraska in about 25 minutes. Let's kick things off with some of the bigger news of the day, and that's regarding, in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, a lot of times the Cowboys make headlines, and as of late, it's been because of Dak Prescott. And not the best news you want to hear if you've been backing the Cowboys, a fan, or looking to back the Cowboys this season. Dak Prescott going to be getting another MRI with that right shoulder strain. Now, the Cowboys account, which is kind of weird to see what they tweeted out, but they tweeted it's not a setback, it's not a reason to worry. But quarterback Dak Prescott is planning on getting another MRI. I get it. It's precautionary, but it's kind of a weird thing for a team account to tweet. Nevertheless, Dak's thoughts on it. He says, once they get back in the team setting, I'm not going to think about my arm. It's about progressing at the right time. It all felt good out there. Every throw I made, when they tell you to stop, you don't want to hear it, but you do. So, look, I mean – this, this injury is certainly a little bit concerning considering he's coming off a major injury already from last season. Is it something to think that the world is crashing and coming down? No, not particularly. But look, I mean the NFC East is totally up for grabs and specifically between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. And a guy who had another comment on it, Troy Aikman, also said that the Cowboys are downplaying it too if you want someone else's opinion. But he said the Cowboys are downplaying it. But I think when your franchise quarterback is missing the amount of time he's missing... I tend to think it's probably a little bit more significant than what they have let on. Now, Aikman tweeted that out a few days ago. But again, look, he could be right in his ear, could be closer to the ground than most other people. So, you know, obviously be a little bit cautious if you haven't bet on the Cowboys or even if you're looking forward to doing so. Because to me, this Cowboys team, in general, offensively, yes, we have high expectations. That's the assumption, and that's what we were led to believe based on what we saw displayed from Dak Prescott prior to his injury last year. The concern, though, is the defense, and I think that's going to be the main reason why they're held back a little bit more and maybe not reaching their potential. And now you add on another reason for a setback, could be the shoulder issue with Dak Prescott, how real is it, how legit. Only time will tell, but something to keep in the back of your mind. Looking at their updated odds now with the Cowboys betting profile, courtesy of Rivers, to win the Super Bowl, Dallas is 33-1. To come out of the NFC 15 to 1 to win the NFC East they are the short shot to do so plus 145 and then we see a win total of nine and a half these odds have actually favored more so uh toward the over as of late but i believe it was around even money or so somewhere in that kind of area but now it's over minus 106 under minus 115. now we previewed this team a little bit earlier i think it was probably a few weeks ago when we were doing a head-to-head with the cowboys and the washington football team but just going through this schedule, I mean, you know, the winnable games obviously going to be against the Eagles in week three, Panthers week four, Giants week five, Denver week seven, all of those games at home. So a solid stretch for the squad. Week 10, you get Atlanta at home, the Raiders at home, then on the road against the Eagles. You probably put them as winning about five of those games. Losable games, the tough matchups on the road, week one at Tampa Bay, week eight at Minnesota, however, that's post-bye week, week 11 at KC, week 13 on the road against the Saints, then you got to play Washington on the road, then of course we went through the toss-up games as well, Chargers week two on the road, New England on the road, Giants on the road in week 15, you get Washington at home and Arizona at home as well. So how do you handicap this team? I mean, do you look to bet the under nine and a half? My thought process was I was slightly leaning toward the under more so than anything, but there could be a better angle to do so if you're a little bit more pessimistic with Dak Prescott and his potential shoulder injury. Once again, welcome into the show. It is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Tonight, we're going to be talking NFL. Will Hill will be joining us later in the show. Kevin Fishbane, Bears beat writer for the Athletic, joining us momentarily to talk all things Chicago. But we were kicking things off here tonight about Dak Prescott and him getting another MRI on that right shoulder, the potential shoulder strain and we are looking at how you can bet the Cowboys now. And look, their win total's at 9.5, and it is shaded a little bit more to the under, and I tend to gravitate a little bit in that direction. But again, I think if, if this is a legit concern to you and you're looking to handicap the NFC East, instead of going under 9.5, personally, I would just rather take the Washington football team to come out on top of the division at plus 260. Now, we were talking about Washington with Tim Murray yesterday. He's a little bit lower than I am on them. I also took their win total over eight minus 141 but truthfully you know at this point do you have more confidence in Ryan Fitzpatrick well probably not but again a lot is resting on the potential damage the shoulder could see throughout a long course of the season just taking beating after beating but again you know you have backups Ben DiNucci and then Gilbert too it's kind of tough to trust these backups for the Cowboys that we saw what happened when that was the case last year even with Andy Dalton and the defense is not going to be something you can rely on so to me If this is something that is worrisome to you, bet the Washington football team plus 260 is kind of the better value play instead of going under on the win total for the Cowboys. I would rather be more inclined to do the Washington football team to come out on top of the division at plus 260. Defense is still going to be stout. I get that they may be a season away from being legit contenders like Tim alluded to yesterday, I have a little bit different viewpoint on them. I think their defense is going to carry them and keep them competitive in a lot of these games, and their offense is only going to get better with a legit quarterback in the mix. So that's kind of just the updated news throughout the NFL, the biggest news at this point, and specifically throughout the NFC East. But speaking of football, we do got some preseason action tonight. Let's kind of get you squared away with these updated lines. The Washington football team, as we just mentioned, tonight they're going to be taking on the New England Patriots, The opener for this game had Washington as a slight favorite about a point favorite now it's flipped to New England a point and a half at home as the favorite they're also minus 124. Washington's catching plus 102 the total saw a significant bump from 31 and a half up to 36 and a half look it's going to be Mac Jones and Jared Stidham so the quarterback advantage certainly would lie with New England here as opposed to trusting Taylor Henneke for Washington so understand the movement would trend to look toward New England as well and then you got the Steelers going back at it after the Hall of Fame game victory last week. They're taking on the Eagles tonight. Open to pick them. Eagles are now seeing laying one and a half. Total at 36 and a half. Over once again getting some love. The opener was at 33 and a half. Look, you're trusting Dwayne Haskins with the Steelers or you got Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're the backups to Jalen Hurts. And probably going to see some decent time out of Jalen Hurts too, just getting the young quarterback more reps as well. This one, not as much conviction one way or the other. It's not like I'm playing either of them. I had several plays that we discussed earlier in the week. and We'll probably recap it tomorrow. But uh, nothing that I like too much in this spot. If anything, I would probably have the most confidence going with the Patriots over the Washington football team. But a couple of games in the preseason to look forward to. Man, do we have plenty to look forward to. Also on Saturday, and one of those games being the Bears and the Dolphins. Those two uh, were going up against it at practice today. You heard the reports that uh, Khalil Mack and former tight end Adam Shaheen had to get breaking up earlier today, or broken up earlier today. So that was kind of funny and interesting to see. But look, you know, you keep hearing good news out of training camp with Justin Fields. Yes, I understand it's training camp, but how soon is this kid going to be getting thrown into the mix? Well, we'll see plenty of action from him on Saturday as the Bears are a three and a half point favorite for their first preseason game against Miami. Currently at Bat Rivers, they're lane three in the hook. Money line, they're minus 175. Miami catching plus 140, and this totals at about 35.5. Again, we'll be bringing on Kevin Fishbane. Right now, let's go ahead and do it. And You can follow him on Twitter, at Fishbane. Covers the Bears for the Athletic. And Kevin, before we were just bringing you on here, I was talking about some of the news in training camp today with Khalil Mack and Adam Shaheen having to get broken up, kind of scuffling with each other. Just kind of looking at this team in its entirety from what you've seen in training camp, of course all the news has been surrounding Justin Fields, but what's kind of been the mojo you've been seeing and what are you sensing the momentum is heading in to not only preseason this weekend, but of course this season overall?
7: Yeah, you know, you mentioned Justin Fields. Obviously everything starts with him, but I got to say the defense has really been outstanding for the most part. I mean, watching the defensive linemen, today, Cleo, uh, you know, in addition to Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn, and then watching, you know, Keem Hicks and Blau Nichols, you know, doing work in the one-on-ones and really had their way against Miami's offensive line, you know, two of which was under pressure a ton today against that first-team Bears defense. So, you know, you talk to the Bears defensive players a lot about you know, the the new corner, Sean decide, there's just a lot of confidence. They're feeling good. Um, you know, they, they have very, very high expectations for themselves. So, you know, from a positive standpoint, I think that's, that's the big takeaway on defense. The offensive side of the ball, uh, you, you still have a ton of question marks about this offensive line. You know, we just have no clarity on Tevin Jenkins or Jermaine Effetti who are going to be a starting tackle and you already had question marks about those guys being a starting tackles to begin with. So, you know, it, it, the, the offensive line is just going to be such a big question mark until we get to week one um, because as I will say I, I've been pleasantly surprised with Andy Dalton but I'm not sure anybody's really looking to get Andy Dalton behind you know a, a makeshift offensive line uh, against the Rams on September
6: 12th. yeah and that would obviously bode well for the mobile Justin Fields throughout the long term in the season if this offensive line as you alluded to is going to be a question mark has it's tended to be these past couple of seasons but, you know, Kevin, also we have the preseason game to look forward to against Miami on Saturday, and it seems like Justin Fields is going to be getting a majority of the workload. Now, I know it may seem crazy to want to bet on the preseason, but a lot of people love to do it, and we're seeing Chicago is a 3.5-point favorite, this total at 35.5. Even if you're not into the betting side of things, do you think you give the slight advantage to Chicago because we're going to be seeing a lot more of Justin Fields?
7: Yeah, I think you could certainly make that argument. You know, we expect, I would say fields you know, Dalton will play the first two series and then Fields will play probably into the third quarter. And then the other thing too, is Nick Foles, if you're looking from a gambling perspective, you know, Nick Foles in the third string offense, I mean, you're talking about one of the best, if not the best third string quarterback in football coming in late in that game. Um, so you do have a chance to have front door cover or something with, with, with Nick Foles in the lineup, I will say, you know, it's not like the Dolphins have a slouch as their backup quarterback either in Jacoby Brissett. is that there's someone who's a veteran who's been around the game for a while and, and has started and played at a high level before. Um, you know, he'll be going against, you know, not just a backup Bears defense, but the Bears are, are without a couple of inside linebackers, a starting safety, starting nose tackle. So he could be going against some third string defensive players too. So I, you know, I think certainly Miami, is you know, there there's reason to think that Miami can play well, but I, I guess if you're just, if you're just going based on second and third string quarterbacks and, and what they could do, you're, you're in a lot of these Bears preseason games, you're probably going to lean towards fields and foals are going to be a, 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 most often better than the two and three on the other side on the other sidelines.
6: For sure, and and you can make the argument that this is going to be one of the best quarterback matchups overall in preseason because of how deep each respective team is, specifically the Bears as you alluded to, not only will we expect to see a majority of Justin Fields, but then as you mentioned too, Nick Foles probably the best third string quarterback in the NFL and the line has gone toward the Bears and rightfully so, that's the way I'd be leaning. So we're excited to see all that action come through on Saturday. Now, as for the rest of this season and looking at it in its entirety, betting-wise, Kevin, their win total we're seeing at 7.5. It is shaded more so to the under in terms of the odds, minus 125. The over for them to get eight wins or more is a slight dog, plus 103. It's a tough schedule for Chicago this season, and it all kind of relies on you know, how Andy Dalton's doing. How soon do we see Justin Fields? So with that correlation, how do you play it in terms of how many wins this team can reach?
7: Yeah, you know, I've been in that eight to nine win range whenever I've kind of tried to break down and handicap what this team can do. Um, as you said, I mean, we just don't know about the quarterback spot, you know, because we just don't know what Andy Dalton's going to look like in games. We don't know how long it's going to take for Justin Fields to get in. And when Justin Fields does get in, how long before he is doing what he's capable of doing on the field? Uh, you know, so you have all those things to factor in. You mentioned tough schedule, you know, my colleague, Mike Sando breaks it down by opposing quarterbacks and, and nobody is, nobody faces more top tier quarterbacks than the bears do this season, which again, goes back to that defense. And and I always say this about this team. Look, mediocre quarterback play. They go eight and eight la- or eight and eight last year, mediocre quarterback play in 2019. They go eight and eight average to slightly above average quarterback play in 2018. They go 12 and four obviously with the historic defense. So I think, you know, you, you look at this team and they're just like, I don't think, I, I think there's a much better chance they win nine games than win six games. So that's kind of the way that I look at it. When, you know, when you look at that seven and a half number, cause I, I just, it, it just does that defense is too many veterans, too many talented players. That's going to keep them in games, I and mean, we've seen that year after year after year. That, that that defense just allows them to keep games close. And you know, the other thing that I say about this team, and and look, they've certainly tested this uh, theorem. Is sometimes you think of the offense and go, can it really get worse? And, and, and it's the Bears, so a lot of times it can. But I look at it too. I look at the last two years and and just how miserable that offense has been. And you, know, you get the new quarterback, you, you get another. Chance for Bill, Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor to work together. I think Dave Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Comet are really in line to to stand out this season. You know, can they make this offense better? Because you know, a marginally better offense, and you you can get another win or two. So that's why I, I you know I look at this team. I don't. I, you know I'm not going to sit here and say 10-11 wins, but I'm also not really going to go in the five to six win range. I you know I've, I've been kind of saying eight wins, eight wins, nine wins since the schedule came out.
6: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, and honestly, I was leaning not more so to the under, but honestly right in that 7-8 to win range, and to me, it's a no bet because of how tough the schedule is and the uncertainty with how soon you're going to see a guy like Justin Fields. But to your point, you're right, I mean, the Bears have sufficed despite the lack of offensive talent now what they did in the offseason has been pretty impressive of course drafting Justin Fields but then you bring in Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird and obviously Allen Robinson still in the mix you mentioned Mooney who's you know primed for potentially a great sophomore season do you think that the receivers are going to be a big plus because Montgomery obviously came alive in the latter half of the season we're expecting hopefully more of the same but receiving wise do you think this is going to be kind of a reliable group this year as opposed to what we've seen in the past
7: it's a great question because you know, I, I think you kind of know what you're getting from Allen Robinson and, it, and that's very, very high level, you know, production. Uh, you know, it's somebody who can get you should get you a thousand, if not 1100, 1200 receiving yards. I think Darnell Mooney, we saw what he was capable of last year and he's been really, really good in training camp One of the stars so far this summer. So I think, you know, you look at those two and that duo should be better. I, I still have questions about the number three receiver spot. I know it didn't work out with Anthony Miller, but Anthony Miller, you know, when he was locked in, and, you know, he was still very good at gate open. You look at what he did against Detroit, uh, you look at what he did against Atlanta with the game winning touchdown. Like, he had that big playability. I'm just not sure about Marquis going and Demir bird. you know, if one of those guys is really going to be that much of an upgrade over Anthony Miller. Frankly, I think that Cole Komet, David Montgomery, Jimmy Graham, and maybe even Damian Williams could all catch more passes than a Marquis Goodwin or Demir bird. It's very possible. And then obviously if Tariq Cohen gets healthy. You throw him in that category as well. So, you know, that, that number three receiver position, it'd be great. If one of those, for the bears, if one of those guys is able to step in and, and provide consistent production. But on the flip side, if they get what they think they can get from Montgomery and Komet, they might not need it that much. So you know, back to your original point about the receiving position, I do think that from a top two standpoint, you're feeling pretty good about Robinson and Mooney. But I'm not the, the depth I still kind of have question marks about, but they might be able to withstand it if they get a lot from their tight ends and running backs.
6: All right, Kevin, and before we let you go, you gave us your thoughts on the win total leaning more to the over 7.5 or slight plus money, plus 103, where you could actually get some really solid value if you think the Bears make the playoffs. It's 2-1. to one. The no is minus 250. We know we have the expanded playoffs and the expanded regular season, but regardless, do you look more so at the value and think the Bears could find themselves in
7: the postseason this year? You know, I, Look, if you're, if you're a, betting, a betting man, betting woman, you want you want to look at, look at the value. I said, yeah, why not? I mean, look, look how like, look how average that 2020 bears team was. And thanks to that seventh playoff team, they got in, you know, so I, I absolutely think you could, you could see that value and, and and seriously consider, you know, you know, taking a chance at that just because we, we, we saw last year with them. And but that seventh seed just opens up another opportunity for a team to get in. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of a fun way to look at it. Certainly, and, and as I mentioned, like, you can sit there and convince yourself that this team can be in contention come December, especially if this defense, you know, gets back to, you know, they're never going to get back to 2018, but they can get back to, you know, somewhere in between 2018, what we saw the last few years, in terms of taking the ball away and pressuring the quarterback. So there are, there are avenues to get there, and I'll also throw this, this into at the end here. If Justin Fields does come in and and plays as well as we, you know, everybody kind of thinks he can, that adds another element to that, you know, that that question about the playoffs. Because you know, like, is there a scenario where Justin Fields is the one that takes him to the playoffs? That that scenario certainly exists.
6: Bears beat writer for The Athletic, Kevin Fishbane. You can follow him along on Twitter, at KFishbane. We'll get you ready with all the Bears coverage, and we're looking forward to more of it throughout the season. And, Kevin, hey, we really appreciate some of the insight. Best of luck this season. We'll look forward to catching up again soon. No
7: problem. Thanks for having me. Kevin
6: Fishbane, once again, at KFishbane on Twitter. You can catch his content over at The Athletic. Really good stuff. Looking forward to this season for the Bears tough schedule as we were both kind of hinting on but hey that win total at seven and a half considering the over is a little bit of plus money not too shabby if you think that the quarterback play can be consistent whether it's gonna be Andy Dalton or you get fields in the mix soon enough but a fun season as we're looking forward to it here in the Chicagoland area and even more so if you're looking even closer in the future preseason the Bears went from two and a half up to three and a half also great point they to have the deepest quarterback room in the league, probably. I mean, look, you get Nick Foles as a third-string quarterback. You're going to get Fields and Foles. Dolphins not too shabby with Verset, but rightfully so with this movement towards Chicago. Minus 3.5 or minus 175 on the money line. Going to be fun to see that in action on Saturday. All righty, we're previewing the Cornhuskers next. College football talk coming up. Get the most of all odds with Bet Rivers because you get the daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports along with instant payouts and don't forget only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling prom, call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts, check them all out. BetRivers.com. Alrighty, we are back in action here on Rush Hour on VCD Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. All right, it's time to get back into it with some college football discussion. And like we've been doing for the past couple of weeks or so, we've been profiling specific teams throughout the Big Ten Conference. It's one we're most keen on here in the Midwest. And now it's time, and I kind of say jokingly because the expectations aren't too high per se, but uh, for my alma mater, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who have caused me nothing but heartache since I've been associated with this program. But look, hey, you've been betting against them. Then maybe you're happy with them. But nevertheless, let's get into some of these betting angles with Nebraska for this upcoming season. To win the Natty, you think somehow they can pull that off, it is 300 to 1 at a lower scale to win the Big Ten. Still a long shot, 40 to 1 to come out on top of the Big Ten West, 14 to 1. And the win total for Nebraska is set at 6 at Bet Rivers, shaded to the over minus 134. The under is plus 110. Now, previewing this offense. Look, Adrian Martinez, this is a year he has to be absolutely dominant. I mean, last season you saw him split with McCaffrey. Well, McCaffrey's gone to Louisville. Martinez is a guy that I've consistently had faith in. It's just he's had trouble with the surrounding parts, right? I mean, the offensive line, you know, was forcing him to scramble a lot. He was a leading rusher last year. It's not that he can't do that, but you don't want to have, him, have to force him to make those decisions consistently. You're losing a lot of weapons. Wandale Robinson has gone to his home state. He's playing at Kentucky. Someone has to step up and be the number one receiver. Who is that going to be? That's the big question. There's been some injury concerns with the tight ends, but if they're healthy, that is going to be a position that will be solid with Austin Allen leading the way. Running back-wise, you know, you're losing a lot of guys like Dedrick Mills being one of them who is a solid rusher, but you're getting the transfer out of USC, Marquis Step. He got hurt in spring ball, but if he can be healthy, he should be a very solid addition in the backfield. Uh, ran for over 500 yards, six tutties in his three years at USC, averaging over five yards per carry. Other running backs, you got Marvin Scott, Gabe Irvin. At the end of the day, can this offensive line take a step forward? Cam Juergens is a guy who's had so much high hopes uh, heading into his career at Nebraska. You saw him mess up a lot of snaps last season at center, but now that he's officially going to be in that position, getting more reps, getting more comfortable, should see a lot more familiarity and consistency with Juergens. But look, you know they're getting 17 starters returning overall, as Steve Mackin alluded to with the college football betting guide. Defensively, they're going to be getting nine starters back. And last season was a pleasant surprise defensively. They allowed 387 yards per game at about 29 points per game. But the expectation is that this will be the best defense thus far under the Scott Frost regime. Now, Will Honus, your linebacker, got hurt in spring practice, and last I saw was out indefinitely, so certainly that hurts. But you got Jojo Doman in the linebacker's spot, and obviously he's going to be a perennial playmaker. And you're getting just a lot of experience back. Need to force more turnovers, get more attack on the quarterback, and then this defense can really keep them competitive in a lot of games, especially those tougher ones, which are inevitably going to be make or break. If Nebraska can compete, get to a bowl game, get over the win total, etc., all in that category. So speaking of which, with their schedule, let's break it up and categorize it like we typically do with the winnable toss-up and losable games and starting with the winnable games week one in Champaign against illinois revenge game from last season after getting embarrassed at home nebraska is going to be seeking revenge week two versus fordham week three versus buffalo now that may be a little bit tricky but it's week three you get them at home advantage nebraska week six versus northwestern look northwestern in my opinion we previewed them i think they're going to take a slide back nebraska is finally going to get the job done against pat fitzgerald Then week 10 versus Purdue, post-bye week. Toss-up games, week five at Michigan State. I know it's the Spartans, but they're pretty competitive first year under Mel Tucker last season. I think they're also gonna be a tough team. Week seven versus Michigan, you get them at home, but we talked about the Wolverines yesterday. Could be a better team than we've seen under Harbaugh. Then week 13, rivalry game to end it, versus Iowa, always a toss-up game. The losable games, week four at Oklahoma. Sorry, you're kinda screwed. Week eight at Minnesota, I think they're a dark horse. Week 11 versus Ohio State. Now the road week 12 at Wisconsin. To me, I think they end up right at six wins. But if I'm banking on one way or the other more so, I think they have a better potential at getting seven wins as opposed to remaining at five or lower. So I would lay the over six minus 134. Not going to play it. I think they're going to end right at six, but that's why I'd be leaning with the Cornhuskers. All righty, we're talking baseball next. I got one play. Hoping to keep the winnings rolling. Stay tuned. preseason has kicked off it's perfect time for you to huddle up with the decent pro football betting guide our experts are providing profiles of every team along with advanced stats and power ratings plus you get best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards and the guide is only $20 the discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and college football guide you can reserve your copy or sign up for fees all access and you get everything we offer for the entire football season sign up now at vsun.com slash subscribe that's vsin.com slash subscribe and a contributor to the football betting guide will hill still to come here on rush hour that'll be in about 15 minutes i'm danny burke your host as always we are broadcasting live out of the Bet river sportsbook here in des plains illinois just outside the city of chicago they got the field of dreams game going on right now looking at the big screen Awesome setting, awesome idea. Should be a fun series between the two squads. But speaking of baseball, let's go ahead and get you situated with the later games tonight. We're coming off a nice sweep with our bets last night, hopefully keeping it rolling. And the only play I have tonight is involved in the Giants. Once again, this is going to be the third consecutive night we are betting uh, with the Giants. But tonight, their foe is going to be the Colorado Rockies. At home, the Giants currently minus 205 at Bet Rivers. We're seeing Colorado catching plus 175. This total resides at about 7.5, slightly shaded to the over, minus 112, under about minus 107. In terms of the opening odds, San Francisco is minus 155 in some spots, so huge movement towards San Fran. Colorado is plus 145, 30 cents down to plus 175. Again, total opened at 7.5, so not too much movement with the total. Giants on a nice four-game win streak entering tonight. Rockies just lost two games in a row against Houston. Uh, looking at this pitching matchup, so Marquez for the Rockies, as we know, has been solid. He was an all-star, but with the kind of conundrum or anomaly you rather have is with Marquez has been that he's pitched better at Coors than he has on the road, really, which is very strange considering Coors, as we know, is a hitter's park. But overall on the year for Marquez, he's 10-8, and 3.42 ERA along with his XFIP and a WHIP 1.15. The issue with Marquez is that against San Francisco in three games, he's 0-3, 10.1 innings pitched, allowed 16 hits, 15 earned runs, 13 strikes, and the Giants have had a batting average of 364 against him this season. Now looking at the Giants, who they're dishing out there is Logan Webb. The righty is 5-3 this season with a 3.19 ERA, 3.06 X, but very nice, and a whip of 1.16. Now Webb against Colorado obviously or honestly, hasn't done that great either. Just two games very early in the season, 8.2 innings pitch, allowed 11 hits, 9 earned runs, racked up 11 Ks, 314 batting average for the Rockies against him, struggled at Coors, allowed 6 earned runs, so that's where the big numbers came, at home back in April allowed 8 hits and 3 earned runs, so he's 1-1 one one against them, or rather the Giants are when Webb has gone against the Rockies. I do think San Francisco gets the job done tonight, but that's not where my interest really is in terms of a betting angle. It's going to be with the first five, actually. So again, Marquez is a guy who struggles a little bit more so on the road than he does at home, and specifically against the Giants. Now he's three and six in his first five starts on, the, or first five inning starts rather, um, on the road. So basically, what I'm saying in nine starts on the road, he is three and six in the first five innings this season. overall in the first five money line against San Francisco. The Rockies, as we know, are pretty abysmal hitting-wise on the road. 6-11 OPS compared to 8-34 at home. And then you look against righties, they hit a little bit worse. 7-11 OPS compared to 7-68 against Southpaws. Rockies also ranked dead last, averaging just 1.60 runs on the road within the first five innings this season. Their first five record on the road this season, 11 36 and 7, minus 2,100 bucks if you're betting them every single game. Now, as we look at Webb with his first five stats, but even first and foremost, I mean, at home, he's got a 1.85 ERA, 0.257 Woba, uh, weighted on base average. So, look, he's been really solid at home as a pitcher. So, great situation tonight. He is 5 and 2 with the first five money line with the starts at home this season. However, he is 0 and 2 overall versus Colorado. But again, that was in the very beginning of the season. Giants a lot better at home offensively, 800 OPS compared to 736 on the road. Giants against righties, better than they are against southpaws, 776 OPS compared to 739. Giants rank eighth in the first five innings runs production, averaging 3.1 uh, runs at home per first five innings. Their first five records overall, 59-40-14. and 14. Plus twelve hundred bucks at home, thirty-two seventeen and four. About you're up seven hundred bucks if you've been betting it. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there, but at the end of the day, the bet that I played here is San Francisco on the money line minus one sixty eight. I know that's soared up as at this point they open minus one fifty two, and now you're laying a pretty steep price money line wise. If you still want to opt to go in that direction, it's about minus one eighty six. If you don't want to lay that much, you could always do the lead after five innings minus one twenty two is the price you'd have to lay who would still certainly recommend that if you want to get involved and don't want to lay that high price. I was just, you know, personally at that price of 168 more comfortable with laying a little bit more to have the added security of the potential push if they are tied going into the six. But that's the one play I got in baseball tonight, Giants on the money line. Just previewing a later game tonight with the Blue Jays and the Angels. We'll get more in depth with this one with Will Hill when he joins us as we wrap up the, uh, tonight's show. But, The odds right now has Toronto as a minus-134 favorite on the road, taking on the Angels, plus 115. We had ourselves a nice dub with the Blue Jays last night on the run line. Huge grand slam that came through that was huge from uh, Teoscar Hernandez. And this total tonight, we're seeing at 8.5, soared over it yesterday. But you're getting Barrios taking on Shohei Otani. And Otani at home has been really solid, sporting a 1.79 ERA. Barrios on the road, 3.68 ERA. Not too bad, but he does a lot better at home. Barrios versus the Angels so far this season has gone two games, 12 innings pitched, allowed six hits, and just three earned runs. One and one in those games, but again, that was when he was with the Twins. The line movement slightly toward Toronto in this one. Honestly, don't have too much skin in the game, but you know, Otani at home is a little bit tough to fade. Maybe take a gander at the first five innings in favor of Shohei, or you could look at the first five under I think would also be Kind of a viable option in this spot then finally the last game we'll slightly preview before we head out of this segment san diego taking on arizona the padres up to minus 250 on the money line they open minus 230 but you darvish has taken the bump and opposing him is taylor weidner who has been awful i mean he's got a 5.00 xfib and era of 4.89 and he's terrible at home for whatever reason 8.36 era at home 400 woba Versus San Diego, actually not too bad, though. With two games, he's only allowed two earned runs. So, look, I mean, he's been really bad, but for some reason having success against San Diego, and we do see the Padres as a huge favorite, minus 250. Arizona catching plus 210. Again, the one play that I do have tonight, though, we're going with the Giants on the money line. First five, minus 168. As always, best of luck if you tail. Stick around, though. Will Hill's got more baseball and preseason action coming next. odds with bed rivers daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sports book and to make your experience even more rewarding BetRivers rivers offers the most live streams of major sports along with those instant payouts and just one-time playthrough Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling from? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts available, betrivers.com. All righty, welcome back to it as we are wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on V-Cindy Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, as always, live out of the BetRivers Sportsbook, and it's time to get some more betting action Tonight with Will Hill, Point Spread Weekly contributor and really a contributor to so many shows here on the network. Very knowledgeable in a plethora of sports, but tonight we'll be talking baseball and NFL. A little bit of preseason action, maybe a little bit more beyond that, but hey Will, my man, thanks as always for making some time. I was kind of getting into these baseball games before we brought you on. So let's go ahead and start with the Toronto Blue Jays and Los Angeles Angels. Now this is going to be a pretty solid pitching matchup with Barrios taking on Otani. And Otani's been a really sufficient pitcher at home. This win, or uh, not win total, excuse me, this uh, total in general at 8.5. We were talking about win totals right around the same direction earlier in the show. But the total for this game we're seeing at 8.5. I was kind of saying I didn't have anything too strong my betting thoughts wise, but maybe would gravitate toward a first five under or a total game under. How do you think this one goes down out in the West Coast?
8: Yeah, I played eight eight and a half under last night. Like you said, probably better off just going with the first five under. Because anytime you you turn in an undercard, you hit submit when you're betting under with the Blue Jays. You just gotta hold your breath that that six seven run inning doesn't come. Because we saw last night that game was I think one one or two two pretty late, and they just man they open up a big inning. If you if you You know, give up a a walk or two. If you give them anything, they can just explode on you. They're just so dynamic on offense. But I do think Barrios will pitch well. I think Otani will pitch well. Uh, I think this will be like a 1 1, 2 1 game after five. Um, probably look towards betting Toronto don't I don't know if I'll bet it pre-flop or just look for a live opportunity because I think once it gets into the bullpens and the starters are out of there, I think the pitching matchup will be a wash. It'll be a, a well-pitched game, but I do think Toronto will probably emerge just because they got the better bats and they'll probably be able to put up a few runs later in the game. So like you said, I, you know if you're looking towards the under, probably at least put half your bet on the first 500 because you're always... Uh, always taking, always leaving it to fate when, you, when you're playing these full game unders with, with uh, extra innings or these bullpens. It's probably a better idea to just focus on the first five and really isolate your handicap.
6: It hey, Will, that's really what I've done consistently throughout the season. I honestly don't think I've played a full game under this whole year, and not because I haven't liked the play per se, but because of those reasons exactly, you know, the extra innings and not trusting these bullpens. Is that an issue that you've run into several times oh. where it's made you consider whether or not you should do it or not?
8: Thank <laughs> Oh, I think there was a Giants Angels game about two months ago that made me swear it off forever. You guys, you're, Some of your listeners will probably remember the game <laughs> where it was scoreless really late. It was 1-1 in the 12th and I think the, the winning run scored to make it 2-1 final. They overturned it and it ended up being like a 9-7 final. Something crazy oh, where it's just, geez. look, the, uh, the the extra innings, it's just so disadvantageous to an underbetter. It doesn't matter if it's 1-1, 2-2 going to extras. When you start with this man on second, sometimes each team gets a run. You put up a five-run inning. It's just it's not worth it. If you're going to bet big on an under full game, you almost got to hedge your bet and, and look for a yes, no, and, and bet a yes on extra innings because, man, the extra innings is just death to an unders better. So absolutely. It
6: really is. And hey, look, that doesn't surprise me that a Joe Madden team kind of screwed you with an under bet with the bullpen late in the game. So that just sounds uh, sounds like more of the same that I was used to here in the Chicagoland area, as us Cubs fans in general were used to. But look, you're right. I mean, so that's why I probably, if anything, would look toward more first five. But I think you're right. Pitching matchup advantageous to look toward the under, whether it's full game or first five between the Blue Jays and Angels. And what about this other matchup then, Will? You got some interest on the under as in terms of the total in this one too with the Rockies and Giants Webb and Marquez we were previewing this one and the play that I did I took the Giants on the money line minus 168 lane a little bit of a price but you know Marquez has struggled against San Francisco and the Giants one of the better teams at home on the first five money line this total we're seeing at seven and a half but it's a top pitching duel so why do you think this one's going to stay under this evening
8: Yeah, I played this. This was under eight. You saw it move to seven and a half. I think that's the right move. I I really like Marquez. And usually uh, he's great away from course this year. It's been a little different. These pitchers have actually pitched. Okay. Him and gray have pitched pretty well at home and not as well on the road. Uh, I like Marquez. I like his stuff. Just throws really hard. A lot of movement. I'm surprised the Rockies, their deadline. They didn't cash in story. They didn't cash in John Gray. They didn't cash in Marquez. This is a team in a total rebuild. They're a million miles behind the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres. They could, if you see what these pitchers went for at the deadline with Burrios and some of these other guys, they could have gotten a ransom for a lot of these guys. So they, and they just kind of held their held fort. Story's going to walk. They're going to get a comp pick, which was surprising. But uh, I like Marquez. And I think Webb is an underrated pitcher, you know, typical giants off the scrap heap kind of guy. lot of ground balls, a lot of weak contact, you know, not a big name, but just doesn't get hit very hard. Uh, the Rockies, not the same offense away from Coors Field. They, they've really struggled on the road in general. They've been pretty respectable at home. I think better than a lot of people thought they'd be. They were like a 62, 61 win over under. A lot of people thought this was a hundred lost team after they traded Arenado. They've been, been a little better than that, but uh, I'm going to look for the under here. I don't think the Rockies will be able to hit too well on the road. And you know, I think Marquez will throw a decent ball game.
6: All right, well, let's switch it up a little bit, talk some NFL preseason betting. On Monday, I was kind of looking into this late and ended up betting more than I thought I was going to for week one. I had about four plays, and one of them that I did have a play on, it looks like you're kind of on the same page here, potentially, or at least in terms of just betting this game, and that's going to be the Jags and the Browns. And we saw a big line movement go in favor of Jacksonville. They're up to minus 2.5 at Bet Rivers, Money line minus 150, wow. total we're seeing 37.5. Uh, I played the Jags on the money line, Will, at about minus 125. Urban Meyer, you know, back in the NFL, looking to prove something potentially in preseason. Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew, apparently in a battle now, is what he mentioned uh, with the press conference today, I think it was. So, look, you're going to have a good quarterback depth chart in this preseason game, and even more so, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to see a look at time. So, nevertheless, I, I like Jacksville here, and I played them, but how do you see this one going down on Saturday?
8: Hundred percent with you. I took the the three a couple weeks ago. I still like the money line, and this is a a quick tutorial. If you're going to lay, if you're going to take the Jags here, don't get involved with the two and a half. Lay the money line because what happens in a lot of these preseason games, a lot like the bowl games, especially the lesser ones in college football, seven point game late, team scores a touchdown, they don't want the extra point. They don't want to tie and go to overtime. Nobody wants to play overtime. Nobody wants to play four quarters, never mind five. So what they do is they go for two, and you're going to get a lot more games land on one. So if you're, you know, if you're laying two and a half, don't just take the money line. If you're taking the two and a half, take the points, don't take the money line. But uh, I like the Jags. All the reasons you said, good quarterback rotation. Minshew is about as good a backup as you'll find in the league. And even after that, C.J. Beathard has started a dozen games or so in the NFL. I think he's got 18 touchdowns, 10 picks. He's played okay. Uh, Jake Lewin has some experience. He played last year, didn't play great, but he, had, you know, had a couple of decent games. Him is a four string and garbage time against four stringers should do pretty well. So this is a really solid quarterback rotation. And look, Urban Meyer, when you're a new coach, uh, that's what I looked at back in the preseason because they're coming in and, and the result matters more to a new coach. Uh, they're trying to get the losing culture out of there. They're trying to put a good taste in everybody's mouths. Look, if you're the Bucks or the Packers or the Chiefs, you know, the first game of the preseason, you win, you lose, you move on. It's not a big deal. But I think the result matters more for, for Meyer, for Jacksonville. Uh, I think the heat and humidity is a, a factor. This game is in Jacksonville. That's not easy to go down to Florida and, you know, play 60 minutes. That's going to be very hot, very humid. It's, it's hot as hell here on the East Coast. I'm not sure how you guys are there, but uh should be a tough environment. I think the Jags is the right side here.
6: Yeah, I'm with you here. Jacksville, again, minus two and a half. You bring up a great point. You know, the ones and twos are going to be a little bit more important than your typical three or the seven being the key number. So it's worth to lay a little bit more probably down the long road for betting preseason as of this point. But, hey, Will, you bring up some good points. Uh, Really quick, before we let you go, I want to take it back to baseball. we got about a minute and a half left. NL MVP, this race has been really intriguing. Currently, the odds are off the board at Bet Rivers, but once they get posted back again, or even if you're looking at other books, who do you advise betters to take?
8: Boy, this is just a fascinating one. I have an open mind here. And if you're looking for a long shot, I mean, play it because Acuna missed time. Acuna has been out for the year. DeCrom's out. Those are the guys that would be, would be in you know, favorites. Tatis is the favorite. Now when the lines pop up, he's around even money, but he's been, you know, this is his third stint on the DL who can trust his shoulder. So, I mean, Harper and, uh, you know, Trey Turner, those guys are, are in the mix. I think the Dodgers guys might cancel each other out. I would maybe shoot for the stars here. I think Soto's team's too far out of it to win it. And he's missed some games, uh, Maybe Machado can win it. I just think it's a fascinating market. It's one to keep an eye on. And, you know, it's somebody that's 40 to 50 to one now, maybe plays well and gets his team in the playoffs over the last month uh, and, and leaves, you know, the, the viewer the, the voters with a good impression. Somebody can steal this award because this is one of the more wide open races I can remember. You know, usually this time of year, it's down to one or two guys, one or two favorites. And, you know, it's pretty wide open here for the NL MVP. I think it's a fascinating race going down the stretch. Indeed, it is. should be
6: fun. As for the rest of the baseball action tonight and furthermore heading into the postseason, and Will, we always appreciate you giving us some thoughts on that. And not only that, NFL preseason uh, preseason as well. So, as always, best of luck, my friend, with both of those areas of betting. And we we'll look forward to catching up again soon, closer to the start of the season.
8: Anytime, DB. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
6: You betcha. At not the Will Hill on Twitter to ease, in the word does, so be sure to give him a follow on Twitter and catch all of his content, vsin.com/slash/subscribe with Point Spread Weekly. Where he serves as a contributor in many different areas and goes on many different shows right here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. All right. Well, just to recap, in case in case you missed it earlier, we kind of already touched it with Will, but going back to the one bet that I did have tonight revolves that matchup between the Rockies and the Giants. Looking at the first five here and going on the side of the Giants, laid minus 168 on the first five money line with San Fran yes it's a steep price and it's gotten even steeper but I was willing to lay a little bit more for the added security potentially of it pushing but nevertheless if you want to do it now it's up to the minus 186 range and probably wouldn't advise laying that much would rather just play the lead after five innings minus 122 at this point but again Marquez is kinda one of those guys strangely enough as Will was alluding to has pitched better at and on the road this season rockies dead last in terms of run production on the road for the first five this season giants ranked eighth and overall just a better team at home this whole season so we're looking for the giants tonight as always best of luck if you tail thank you for joining us for another edition of rush hour we'll be wrapping up a great week tomorrow with more nfl and baseball action and of course continuing our betting profiles in the big 10 we'll catch you then